Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. So you guys, yesterday was a really tough day in our house. Honestly, because of me. Like I just woke up in a bad mood. The weekend was so busy and I honestly didn't get the chance to do anything for myself. So naturally, I woke up Monday morning feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. I knew I had emails to get to. I had to get the kids out the door and it was pouring rain on top of all of it. My five-year-old refused to take the bus that day and I just lost it as I was putting him in the car to drive him to school. I yelled, I burst into tears and I just had myself a day. I felt it hard, right? Like I cried, I beat myself up and I just let myself spiral into this negative swirl that I didn't even want to help myself out of because honestly, it felt comfortable. It was kind of like my little safe place because I know what this feels like. I've been there before. It's easy, right? It's so much harder to pull yourself out of it. So today I woke up feeling the hangover from all of that. Like I know I need to get on with things, but my body and my mind are just still exhausted from everything that I put it through yesterday with some twinges of guilt thrown in there for good measure, right? I started thinking more about what was actually going on yesterday. And while yes, the circumstances around me were not in my favor that day, I didn't have the perspective that I normally do. And I just could not turn it around and pull myself out of the funk. So I spent a few moments last night and this morning reflecting on what was really going on. And I realized it all comes down to worthiness. The end of last week, I had a tough meeting at work, which made me think that I'm not doing a good enough job. My five-year-old is going through some stuff right now. He's saying, I hate you all the time to mom and dad. And he's peed his pants a few times at after school, which in my mind means that I'm doing something so wrong. It's somehow my fault, right? Um, And on top of that, I've had like a bunch of rejections from pitching guests for this podcast and I just feel insecure, right? Like I can't do anything right or I can't do anything good enough or I'm not good enough. So this is what I want to talk about today, you guys. Confirmation bias. It's this idea that you literally see what you're looking for. More formally, confirmation bias is the underlying tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms or supports one's prior beliefs or values. It is a cognitive shortcut that we use when gathering and interpreting information. Evaluating evidence takes time and energy, so our brains look for shortcuts to make the process more efficient. We look for evidence that fit our existing beliefs. And guess what, you guys? If you build it, they will come. There's always going to be evidence to support your belief. 
Confirmation bias leads to poor decision-making because it distorts the reality from which we draw evidence. When observed under experimental conditions, assigned decision-makers have a tendency to actively seek and assign greater value to information that confirms their existing beliefs rather than evidence that entertains new ideas. Which makes sense, right? It makes us feel good about ourselves because we don't want to be proven wrong, right? We hate it when information is presented that violates our beliefs. It's only natural to push back, right? Deeply held views form our identities. So disproving those can be really, really stinking uncomfortable. So it makes sense why we would look for information that support rather than refute our already existing beliefs. So in my case, there were several beliefs that I was reinforcing, sort of layered on top of each other. The first is pretty simple, that life should look a certain way. The way that we see on TV with the families always being happy and sitting at the dinner table and talking about their days together, right? Um, Another one is success is defined by accomplishments. That's another one. Um, And I'd say the biggest one for me, which is really twofold, is I'm not good enough, which is, again, really just worthiness. I'm not good enough at my job. I'm not a good enough mother, right? And frankly, to take it a step further, I'm not good enough as a person because I just don't fit into the mold of what a quote-unquote good, almost 40-year-old working mom should look like. These beliefs run deep, you guys, and they are multi-layered. But the worthiness story is one that seems to stay consistent for me, and it just, but it just appears differently at different stages and places in life, right? I'm pretty good at managing them, right, most of the time. But other times I'm not, and yesterday I certainly wasn't, which tells me that there's a lot more healing that needs to be done. So let's work this one out right now, okay? When I'm in a calmer place and I'm able to reflect on what's what actually went on yesterday, I realize it was confirmation bias at its finest. My belief that I'm not good enough or worthy enough was driving the bus yesterday. So everything I came across or had to deal with was approached with that in mind. Again, not the most rational way to approach the day, but I also wasn't allowing myself the space to get myself back into my rational brain because it felt safer to be in the negative spiral I was in, right? But oh my God, the confirmation bias. My five-year-old's behavior is a direct result of me not being a good enough mom, even though he's going through a lot of transition right now. It's only his third week of kindergarten and everything is still so new. Also, he's five. Um, I'm not good enough at my job. I'm so disorganized. I forget to do things all the time, even though I'm juggling a lot of clients, many of which are new to me, and we've just had people in the firm leave, and I have a lot on my plate right now. Um, My podcast isn't successful enough. Therefore, I'm not good enough, so people don't have any interest in talking to me, even though I've had some amazing, incredible conversations with awesome people, and I'm I'm making this mean more about me than I ever intended it to right? So how do we overcome confirmation bias? The first thing we need to do is have the self-awareness and recognize our bias, right? We have to acknowledge that the bias is even there. 
so many of these biases, biases are unconscious. So we're unaware that they're even a choice. We just take them as fact. And everyone to some degree has confirmation bias, by the way. You are not alone in this. And it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it can be helpful in filtering out like irrelevant information or overwhelming information to help you make more efficient decisions. But we know when it's not helping us. So those are the situations that we need to work on managing. So once we identify the beliefs and we're aware of them and we know that they're not working for us, we need to start challenging them, which again is super uncomfortable because oftentimes we've had these beliefs for way longer than we even know. But ask yourself, what are these underlying beliefs? What are the values and the expectations that shape your perspective and influence the decisions that you make, right? How do you know that those are valid? How do you know that they're relevant? How do you know that they're even accurate, right? In other words, what evidence do I have to support this assumption or belief and what evidence contradicts it, right? We need to start asking ourselves these questions. And this part isn't easy, you guys, because it requires us to challenge our own logic. We need to look at a belief that we hold and actively search out ways that we're wrong rather than ways that we're right. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, we don't like to be wrong. As humans, we want to be right because it feels safe to us. It is human nature to want to be right because if you're not right, then you're wrong. And that comes with a feeling of shame and failure. But it doesn't have to, right? This this is just the meaning that we assign to it in our culture, that failure is bad, right? And doing a little research on this topic, I found that the opposite of confirmation bias is something called falsification bias. There's not going to be a lot of articles out there on this, by the way, if you try to Google it. (laughs) I think it's just probably a term that was made up. But hear me out on this. Falsification bias means that you actively look for evidence that disproves your point of view rather than confirms it. We sometimes live in this echo chamber, right, where we shelter ourselves from other people's perspectives. I know I do, and I let it consume me too, right? It's not till I step out of that echo chamber where I'm open and willing enough to accept an outside perspective that I recognize that those thoughts aren't facts, right? When we go out on a mission to actively prove ourselves wrong, it's going to feel really, really terrible at first. But I think this is the only way through these feelings. If I feel inadequate, like I'm not a good mother or I'm bad at my job, let's go find evidence of the opposite, that I am a good mother and that I am good at my job. Other people, by the way, are really good at helping with this. So if you ever get stuck All you have to do is ask. Ask somebody else who's in your life because they can see a perspective that we can't, right? Okay, so evidence that I am a good mother. Well, both my kids said they love me before bed last night and before getting on the bus this morning. So I'll take it. And to take it even to a smaller level, both my kids actually got on the bus today. My kindergartner did not turn around and run back to our house. Okay, cool. I'll take it. Um, The story that I am 
good at my job or the evidence that I'm good at my job. I am managing a lot right now. And guess what? My clients like me. And oftentimes they're appreciative of the guidance that I give them. And they haven't fired me, so that's cool too, right? It seems silly because it's so little. But saying these things and giving ourselves another perspective is what this is all about. Actively seeking out competing explanations or alternative viewpoints with an open mind and letting go of the need to be right all the time is going to make a massive difference, you guys, in how you feel about yourself. It may not fully go away, right? But I don't think that's the goal here. I think the goal is to have a better understanding and relationship with our own selves, which just takes practice. The more that we can move out of default mode um, and we can, you know, maybe press the pause button before a breakdown to tell ourselves that this is just a belief, this is not fact, then maybe the easier these moments will become and the kinder we'll be to ourselves. And that's my goal, you guys, just to be kinder to myself, especially during those moments of really intense emotion, okay? You guys got this. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you guys like this episode, go share it with a friend and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you can hear more from me and the great episodes that I have coming. Thanks again, you guys. I'll talk to you next time.